Welcome to Top 5, the best of 2018, where the Explosion Network is celebrating the everything we loved in 2018 from games, music, TV, movies, and online media. You can head on over to explosionnetwork.com slash best of 18 2018 to find all of our celebratory content. My name is Dylan Blight. Joining me this week, or this episode, Ashley Hobley. Hey, Dylan. Hey, Ashley, excited to talk about online stuff that we're a part of. Yeah. We're online. Are we, are we, are we in the top five? What? No, we've got, oh, we should have voted for ourselves. Geez. We really, we really fucked up our own list. One yeah. category that we could have gave ourselves pats <laughs> on the back for stuff. Hey, best podcast goes to us. Best YouTube channel. That's us too. Best Twitch channel. <laughs> that's us. That's great. We should have done them all. Uh, and uh, number one overall, us. <laughs> Somehow. No, uh, we've, we've but, got better ethics than that. Yeah, that's damn fucking right. Also, we, do. we don't rate our stuff that high. I'll say that. <laughs> Today's episode, though, is all about our top 10 online media winners. Uh, and if you're confused about what that means, because it was kind of hard to come up with a name that kind of embodied everything, I suppose. So when we was putting together this category, it basically boiled down to YouTubers, Twitch channels, podcasters, um, online events that happen, like E3, like watching that on Twitch t- type thing. Like that was the the bare Anything kind of that guidelines. came online only yeah apart from major things like netflix yeah B- because we have a tv category and obviously everyone everyone that they want to be part network, of traditional media they don't want to part part of new media yeah, that's that's so they're true. not and included yeah <laughs> i feel like we we put together or i put throughout the, the the kind of basis for it and just trusted that everyone that's part of the explosion network wasn't sil- isn't silly enough to fuck up what i meant without having to really write like a 10 paragraph thing explaining what exactly is eligible and i feel like everyone kind of yeah we got it so good good job everyone at explosion for getting that right so uh specifically though what we're going to be going over today is the uh top five of our top 10 winners for the overall uh best of online media but firstly full the bottom five, or how do we word it so it doesn't sound terrible? The ten to five, ten to six, the ten, ten to, to six, six the, the ten to six of our top ten, of which you can head on over to explosionnetwork.com slash the best of twenty eighteen and find an article covering our full top ten list. But ten to six were number ten, Jane, which is a Twitch, Twitch streamer, or Twitch and YouTuber, I guess. Number nine, Up Up Down Down, which is a YouTube channel. Number eight. The House of Mario, which is a podcast. Number seven, What's Good Games, podcast as well. And then number six was Kind of Funny, also a podcast, but does a little bit of everything. But I suppose yeah, podcast mainly is a go-to bread and butter, I guess. Um, so that was our, our bottom of our top ten. That now was let's ten dive to six. In. <laughs> that was ten to six. Now let's dive in and talk about our top five, the Explosion Network's top five online media people's places things what do we yep. got at number five ash number five we have shane dawson we charged it i still have like the receipts i emailed the lady she said oh i'm sorry what was the name reserved under and uh, it was completely lost to registration and oh my God, yeah so we it was just a nightmare i just like i told the girl i was like who is running this and i said i know it's not that kid that was just on a segue going around like so who is in charge of this and she's like Honestly, I don't even really know. I'm just like here working this part. Um, you can ask inside. I was like, 
so I didn't discover Shane Dawson until this year. Um, I, and I'm sure like a lot of people didn't discover it until the TanaCon documentary came out back in July. I'm just thinking it was. Feels like it was older than that, but yeah, yeah sure. no, yeah. Well, and yeah, if you want to hear about TanaCon, go listen to what do you want to watch. We talked about the series. Uh, it it like caught, caught the public consciousness. Everybody was talking about it on the internet, and since then, I think he's had an incredible resurgence. Like yep. s- before that, his videos were getting some of them. The conspiracy ones he were doing were getting pretty high, but they were around the ten million mark to 19 after that uh a lot of tanicon were like 14 and then he just did a series with jeffree star who apparently is another big youtuber uh big in the makeup worlds all those videos were getting about 20 plus million views uh but then at the end of the year he did the big inside the mind of jake paul Mm. which you know (laughs) um yeah that that was all over the internet as well. Uh, it massive was. eight part series. Uh, rain, the views currently sit at from 16 million to 20, 23 million views, which is mental. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's like, yeah. He definitely had a resurgence in his career. As yeah. well, I, I, I was watching him when I was in high school when he first started. He was probably one of the biggest YouTubers when I. I started watching YouTube and started making YouTube YouTube videos. He was one of the biggest bloggers, I guess. Like, yeah. well, I mean, everyone was fucking bloggers at that time. Everyone was just making videos, like talking to their webcam or whatever. But, and he was a kid then because I think he's around the same age as me. So, kind of hashtag relatable content, I guess. You know, a bit more emo. He had like long hair, straightened hair, and all sorts yeah, of things like that. Yeah, I think I cut that. <laughs> yeah, he's he's he's, gro- he's grown up a bit these days, and I yeah. kind of fell off his content at some stage when I. Just well, not for any reason. I'd stop watching most YouTubers in general because YouTube changed in the last several years, and that's yeah. a whole different topic. But definitely, I I came back. Uh, I'd watch his videos sporadically because I was, I'm still subscribed to him. But yeah, Tanacon thing was it was like it was the only time this year I feel there was like an event happening. And it was, you know, when people try to hype up stuff and I'd see a tweet from him being like, part three coming tomorrow morning or something. I'm like, fuck, give it to me now. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just need like, to I'm, know I'm, what I'm, happens. I'm, I'm nearly ready to set an alarm to, <laughs> to yeah. wake up and watch this shit. <laughs> That's how invested I was. <laughs> yeah, but it seemed, especially this year, it looks like he pivoted because before yeah. he was doing more like vlog, vloggy yeah. type of things. Now he has hired a camera person. He's doing more who seems to be adding a lot of value to his content and seems to be like mm-hmm. someone he can go back and forth with, uh, especially through the documentaries. It was someone who can, it's not just him talking to the camera. It's someone who's he's actually talking to somebody. Um, and then he seems to be going more this documentary series thing where uh, c- compared to like a daily vlog, yep. have to make something every single day. I mean, I thought he'd only put out like 16, 20 videos this year, but he's like 50 something. It's just that in that first half of the year, he was like pumping out content. And then mm. the Tanacon thing blew up, the Jeffree Star thing blew up, and he realized he can take his time. He doesn't need to put something out every single day. He's yep. got the luxury of having time to edit and sort of plan out what he wants to do. Yeah. Be interesting what he does next year 
Yeah. He's already done Jake Paul, so. <laughs> yeah. Had, what's the, what what's you, the next what big YouTube star? Yeah, that you can go after, I suppose. We will find out. Yeah. All right. And number four on our list was Nintendo Direct. There's a new way to play Wario, strangely satisfying. Hello, this is Masahiro Sakurai from Sora Limited. It's like a dream come true to bring this ragtag crew of characters together. Camera and garage to see a better view of hidden treasure. And this time. So, if you don't know, for some reason, Nintendo Directs are the way in which Nintendo chooses to give information about their upcoming games and platforms, DLCs, whatever. All sorts of things in these pre-recorded, nicely edited, usually around 30 minutes uh, a piece. Uh, presentations, I guess. It's, yeah, they're like presentations. So they, they don't chuck them up on YouTube straight away. You can find them on YouTube later. later. But they're, they're live streamed even though they're, they're edited together, which does mean you get to watch them while everyone else does and you do get this kind of... You still get the, the, the thing where you can chat along with people at the same time and react to stuff and see what's happening. But... I think this year was the best for Nintendo Directs and Nintendo as a company had a really, really great year. They had obviously Smash and Pokemon like build up throughout the most of the year towards those games. Yep. Pokemon was announced earlier in, in the start of the year. So then they had this whole build up to November where they slowly got to drip feed information about that through Directs. Smash was announced somewhere in the middle of the year and then they got to drip feed information about that throughout the rest of the year until it's re- released in December. So uh, they had other games, of course. And I think they just had this really nice mix where their presentations, although they're trying to sell stuff to you, obviously, they they just come across, they're just nice to watch because they're, they're edited well together. And it's just like, hey, here's a game, here's a game, here's a game. There's no bullshit for the most yeah. part in them. And they're just kind of chill and fun to watch. And then we also had this thing this year where they picked up more into doing these indie showcase type streams which is where we got like when they picked up untitled goose game so that was part of that stream and yeah (laughs) what a game uh so yeah they they started doing these other things they're like hey this this entire stream this direct's going to be focused on smash bros if you want to watch that's cool that's all we're going to talk about this stream we're going to be talking about a plethora of a whole different bunch of switch games this direct uh that's coming out three days from now because they always announce it nicely it's like hey direct incoming set your clock set your watches this is when it's going to be happening. And it's like, oh, exciting. But what's this one about? Oh, it's about a bunch of indie games. Cool, that's exciting. What's this one about? Smash. Oh, I'm not really interested in Smash, but I can I, I can sit that one out. But it's they're kind of like this constant drip feed of informa- information throughout the year. And in a year where Sony's pulling out of E3 and we're having conversations about do we want all the information dumped at one time in a year and that's kind of how we, the game's world should go about it or would we like to more information spread out across the whole year. I think Nintendo kind of has it right. They're, they're kind of doing it a good way in which they can dri- do drip feed this information about games, but not in a way that feels annoying. It's just, it's like you get to know a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here, but it's always enough to satisfy you until the next direct comes out and tells you a little bit more about the game. Yeah. So really enjoyable way, a sh- show to, just to watch. I suppose it is a show in some regard directs yeah and they're, they're frequent enough it's like every two months or so something pops up well, it's like some... once a month by the by now by the time they was doing smash ones indie ones presentation ones they picked up pace towards the end like halfway through the year yeah. they picked up pace yeah so tendo directs what's number three ash number three is critical role the adventure begins they were always beside you your nerdy best friend 
friends and the DM to guide you and they rise from the flames for the massive Dungeons and Dragons with voice actors Twitch uh, show uh, started on Geek and Sundry. Uh, so this year they started their second campaign. Their campaign last year came to a close. They sort of had a lull while they were trying to figure out what they were going to do. Um, and it's been a huge success. All the characters are super good. Uh, of course, they're getting huge guests again. They just had Deborah Ann Wool from Daredevil on the show. Um, yeah, they've got a new studio. Uh, yeah, they've... And they've, ex- they've sort of uh, moved away from Gig and Sundry. They're doing a lot of their own independent stuff as well. Uh, they've done a lot of different one-shots, uh, especially you should definitely check out. Yeah. They, you should definitely check out uh, Honey Heist 2 Electric Boogaloo. I oh, know, Beargaloo. They, they play as bears. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know yeah. about this. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a bunch of odd one-shot. There's also one where they play... I think you'll like it. It's uh, they play as uh, raccoons. Oh, yeah, who who are trying to uh, win win a, uh, a a race? Like they're pretending to be one human oh. racing a car. It's like Fast and Furious, <laughs> except they're oh yeah, it's pretty great. It was. A- are they on the Are they on the normal like Critical Role feed? If you're looking for them, so you'd have to go to the Critical Role t- YouTube or Twitch. Okay, right. They're all, all on YouTube now. So if you go to Critical Role on YouTube, you can pretty much find from there everything else. Uh, but yeah, they launched a bunch of other shows, including Between the Sheets and All Work, No Play has come back. Uh, they're doing Handbook, A Helper, which is like a D&D introduction sort of thing. So yeah. And, and yeah. they had, spoilers, I guess, but they had their like first character death. Like, and it, the internet went crazy. <laughs> they were not happy. <laughs> so yeah. Critical Role, Don't. it was an incredible year for that show. Still going strong. I think it's like 100 plus episodes now they've mm. been going. So pretty crazy. Obviously helped through resurgence of D&D content. Yep. Like like Tales of Felden, but live. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Plug. I, I, I think they had a really great year, like going off by themselves when they announced I was doing that. Even though they're still kind of part of Geek and Sundry. Yeah, they're still and they getting did all these screened on Geek and Sundry. Like, yeah. But... but I think you can see next year they're not going to be. I reckon next year they're on their own. I they could, break, break, anytime break they wanted to, they could. I did, I think it's just a contractual thing. Yeah, I think their contract's up next year. Yeah? Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see what happens then because they've kind of proven they have their, they have enough of an audience they don't need they Geek don't and need Sundry Geek anymore. And Sundry. Yeah, so they can That'll kind of do their own thing. That'll be a huge hit for Geek and Sundry if they... Yeah, well, because you Geek think of Sundry, how many people are subscribing to that channel just to see yeah, exactly. Critical Role. But yeah. Geek and Sundry just announced that their Deborah Amble's doing the show for them. Oh, okay, their own D and D show. She's like being the DM for them or something along those lines. Yeah. So, and that's coming next year. So, I don't know. Do the balancing act. I don't, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> work it out maybe. Uh, but yeah, Critical Role number three, number two, no clip, no clip. You have to say it at one word, but I don't have to say it without no clip. One, no clip. You got to say it. No clip. So I played Daggerfall first, and then got hooked and started playing all the other Bethesda games. But Arena at the time, I was like, oh, I don't know. That cover's so goofy. I don't think I could get into that. No clip is the YouTube, where YouTube channel do a yep. bunch of documentary series on video games 
and they're all pretty darn cool. So uh, the biggest one they did this year, like a lot of places, kind of ended the year with a bang, I suppose, because I think it's pretty safe to say the biggest one they've done is the feature-length Half-Life one that just came out like a week or so, a couple weeks ago, early December-ish, late November-ish, yeah. Mm. Um, Half-Life one, and that's like one hour, 40 minutes, so... That's not split up into several parts or anything like that either. It is just, hey, here's a feature-length Half-Life documentary. Let me give it to you. Let me give it to you hot and see what see what you think about that. But then they also had a bunch of ones. They had a big um, thing with uh, Bethesda this year. They, yeah, I was they gonna say that, that was that was huge. Like they're fall, making a Fallout seventy-six documentary is at one point five million views. So, yeah. And the so, history of Bethesda Game Studios is one million. So, yeah, that was the and that hit I right suppose, at E3 when yeah. sort of everybody wanted to find out about Fallout seventy six. So, and, and the thing about that one is it's the first time of I suppose you'd think more times after proving that it's something they can do without like leaking anything or, or anything along those lines. It was the first time got given access to a game and a studio prior to release uh, the release or anyone knowing about during it during so the process the, yeah yeah it's the first time it's like hey you're making a documentary and it's the first time i actually got to make a documentary and actually be there while they were still in the middle of it the process uh before the game's coming out before they've even announced the game so that's it that's the first time they've done it and hopefully no clip will get more of that stuff as it continues on because although although i don't think it was super insightful until the development process entirely it was still kind of interesting to see them talk about exactly especially like the coding issues they had to go through to get that game to work online and all sorts of weird things that's happening and just take apart how it's how it's launched as a, as a documentary it's, it's certainly interesting but i i really enjoyed the history of bethesda one a lot more like especially because that is a feature length one you know it's like yeah. an hour and a half isn't it or something like it's like one hour 28 minutes so yeah it's it's a full long thing and that that one's pretty interesting that one i could have honestly i could have gone way longer like, I feel yeah. like they could have. There were a lot of times. I'm like, keep talking about that for a, a little bit longer. Keep talking about that. I want. I want to hear more about that. So yeah, I need to but, go back and listen, watch all the different. I think there were a couple of extra bonus videos. Yeah. So yeah, um, and the year started with the. Well, Horizon. it was kind of late last year or the early this year, but the Horizon one. So that was also really good. Yeah. And. Uh, one I really, really liked and made me want to play the game even though I haven't still played it because I waited because I was going to buy it on PC and then literally the week I watched it, they announced it's coming to PS4 so now I waited and I sh- I'm waiting for it to go on sale or something now. But the Dream Daddy doco yep. one. That was interesting. That one, I, I really, really liked that. It was only 35 minutes or 30, 35 minutes. And yeah, that was really interesting, I thought, for a, a, a place that's... I mean, it feels weird to say, but it was like a place that's like us, right? It was just a content creation place. And then like, hey, we want to make a game. And like them talking about the process of how they kind of yeah. got from how A to B. they didn't know how to make a game. Yeah. And they have no idea how to make a game. And it was this huge struggle. And it was it was also the first time they, so they got uh, uh, Alana Pierce to do it, not Danny O'Dwyer on, on yeah. camera. So it was this like freelance kind of gig where they're testing the grounds for having other people hosts other people produce. access to yeah access to what they can do at no clip while saying sending someone else to to kind of do it and it worked out really well for it so overall no clip is the only place really doing that and doing it properly and it's not someone sitting behind the computer 
downloading a bunch of fucking things and reading Wikipedia f- files and putting together uh, a bunch of gameplay clips together and talking over no, it. And, it's actually like, talking to the people involved, not just... Yeah, it's legit, yeah. you know. And it, it feels it's, it's legit journalism-ish or documentary, yeah. you know. So, so it's the only place doing it. It's really, really great and I can't wait to see... Uh, what they have coming? I think next year. with that with that Dream Daddy one where they had Alana host, that hopefully will mean we'll see more people doing these for no clip next year. I'd hope so. Which I mean is good for everybody, more content and uh, more voices. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, honestly, I'm more interested in those stories than probably the big game studios at this stage. Like, yeah. like that Dream Daddy story. Stories. Sorry. You've probably heard all those stories, sort of like they've, yeah, well, they've, kind they've of had it, interviews you know? with like Jason Stryer, yeah. and they've done books about all the massive games already that yeah, you yeah. think of. Yeah, they've so done documentaries this, this- about the ET game and all sorts yeah. of stuff. So it's a and I feel like the indie stories are sometimes the most interesting ones. So they are, yeah. So I hope we get more of that next year. No clip. Looking forward to it. But what is our number one online media? person or and or place or thing of 2018 ash it is philip defranco of the philip defranco show you beautiful bastard you beautiful bastard you beautiful epic has earned record profits off of downloadable content in the game including emotes like has kind of been launching this comeback around this idea of july 15th kind of the tldr to the situation he wants to what has taken place on tuesday he slowed down to just gaining 16000 new subscribers then wednesday he shot to the highest subscriber growth he's had so this is the one news source i come to pretty much every single day and he puts out five videos every single week. Uh, well, except for holidays and the occasional this Friday. But no, I think he might be the hardest working person on YouTube. Uh, obviously, he's got a massive... Now he's sort of built uh, a massive team behind him. I mean, he's been going for... He, like Shane Dawson, he's been around since the beginning of YouTube. Yeah. These, yeah. <laughs> these news videos. But in the last few years, the, uh, a few years ago, they his deal with discovery sort of broke or whoever bought out the channel broke down. So mm-hmm. he's sort of been building back up his group source fed and all that sort of died. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he launched to Franco to elite, I think last year uh, and sort of is funding an independent news company is his dream and goal. And he's still working there. I think they're doing a lot more is getting some extra hosts in to do, extra contents uh they're doing their rogue rocket podcast on that second channel uh unfortunately they killed the vlogs which were some of the best content on the internet in my opinion it was a lot of fun because uh, joe nation is a very interesting dude who does uh who has very interesting personality <laughs> but yeah uh yeah he, i mean he's the person i i watch almost every single video he's put out the last three four years so, in my opinion, yeah, he's top of the pile. I'm the complete opposite. I don't like his videos. And okay. I don't particularly like him as a person. But I will say, my asterisk on all that is I used to be like you. So, much like Shane Dawson, I was watching him when I first started getting into YouTube and all sorts of things because he was big then still. Not as big as he is now, but he was still one of the, the bigger YouTubers. And he, of course, didn't have the studio he has now. He was just in front of a webcam still sort of thing. He was still doing the exact same sort of videos, which is just him talking about news stories, 
Philip DeFranco show, whatever else. I don't know if he was calling it that, but it was just same. It was basically the same show, just not as high quality or as yeah. good, I guess. Um, and I used to watch him every single time, and he was the the, the I'd watch all these videos and really enjoyed it. I think as I grew up and he grew up, even though we're not exactly the same age, but as he grew up and I, I, I grew up, I think my views on things just don't align with a lot of his views on things, which makes watching his content hard because as much as you want to say like it's a news show he's not reporting the news he is critiquing it he is giving his spin on it it, it the show's about his personal opinion you know like it, it, it's not hey here's i feel news, like he's t- pretty unbiased i he feel will like he throw has, in a little bit but i there's, it depends on there's, the subject matter <laughs> yeah i feel like there's times Look, because the thing is, if you watch a news show, and I mean like your typical 7 p.m. news show or 6 p.m. whatever news show, that is unbiased. That is, here it is, here are the facts, nothing. The second you say an ounce of your own opinion, you're no longer really just a news show and it is a personal opinion show. So I I can't watch... uh, This this isn't even like a bad thing. This is just how most people should act. It's like, hey, you don't like this per like you, you you know that you kind of clash with this person's views on a lot of stuff and it rubs you the wrong way. It's like how about you just don't watch that stuff? And that's what I choose to do. And if more people did that, we'd probably I don't have know. Less Maybe you should watch it because then you can be challenged in your opinions. I don't need to be like I don't need to wake up at fucking eight AM in the morning and go, you know what I want to do right now is have someone challenge my fucking opinions. Like <laughs> it's on YouTube. You can watch it anytime you want. <laughs> that's what I need to do in my life right now. I know. Look, I, I I respect him for like the, the what he's done and like does on YouTube. I guess is 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 my point. So, but my personal opinion of his stuff is I don't particularly like it. I know that the, the reason he's number one though is because I'm pretty sure everyone else. I know that I know that Kieran watches like his stuff. I know that you. I knew that you were a big fan. Spoiler so alert: Early Late Nights was originally meant to be Philip Philip Franco. Franco's show. Yeah, it was like Kieran. it's like, hey, I want to do Philip Franco show but live. But video games, basically. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not sure about Nick, but, um, but I, like, I, I understand how he's at number one. I get it. I respect it. Number one media person, or and or place, both the Philip DeFranco person and company <laughs> and yep. brand is is number one. Yeah, and he has like such an interesting history. He's like one of my go- like if you say name like the top ten names that come to your head when you say YouTube, I'm gonna say like Philip DeFranco straight away. It's one of the the oldest. PewDiePie. Still pop. Nope. Nope. <laughs> PewDiePie has been deleted from any association to YouTube in my mind. You want to you want to tell me to Logan watch someone Paul. in the morning? Yep. You're, you're naming some really great people. <laughs> um. <laughs> Let's leave it there. <laughs> Congratulations, Philip DeFranco, on your win for number one best uh, online person, as voted for and decided by us at the Explosion Network. I really hope you listen to this. <laughs> Me too. You're number <laughs> one. Too. Here's the criticism. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I'm here. Do you want me? I, I just nod my head. I gave my two cents. It's fine. It's just how it rolls, Ash. Okay. <laughs> Once again, though, make sure you check out explosionnetwork.com slash best of 2018 to find all of our best of 2018 content and subscribe to the show that you're listening to right now, top five, to catch the rest of the podcast that we'll be putting out for every other category, subcategory. There'll be a total of 10 episodes 
for this second season of Top 5 covering the best of 2018. So make sure to subscribe here, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever service you like to listen to, to listen to all our best of 2018 shows. You can follow me on Twitter at Vivaldil, V-I-V-A-L-A-D-I-O. You can follow Ash on Twitter at Ashley Hobby, A-S-H-L-E-Y, H-A-B-L-E-Y. You can follow Explosion Network on Twitter at Explosion Pod. And be sure to let us know online, tweet at us in one of those many places, who's your favorite online media person or indoor place? And if the answer isn't Explosion Network, just don't. <laughs>